He hates it. We are stronger together. When we stand unified in the things of Christ, the devil hates it. When we have the audacity to say such things as healer, he hates it. And that's okay. So what I challenge you is this. If you leave here on Sunday and you feel like you're alone, then I would challenge you to engage in a way that you never have before. To ask God to reveal to you, God, how can I be a part? What giftings do you want to use in me? Because I'm telling you, the strength of togetherness, God's going to use that so much in this year. This morning, I'm going to be speaking about Joshua. Going to start a little Courage Over Fear series. The book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to tear into this. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. He was Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land that I'm going to give them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. To start the year, we were talking about resolutions. Last week, we spoke about Lazarus. This is a time of transition when you enter New Year's. Some people handle transition well. Some people are petrified of transition. The truth with transition is it always involves change. The truth is that we're creatures of habits. You think of that. Think about the things that you have to have your way, your morning routines. I think about my pitiful gym routine. And the fact is, if I can't go to the gym for the exact amount of time I want to, then I just don't want to go at all. Because why just do cardio if that, so you don't go? And my Planet Fitness, it got dust on it. You have routine. See, there's good changes that we go through. There's that good change of surprise. You've been promoted. Surprise. You know, you go to a party and it's a good surprise. There are bad surprises, like when human resources calls you and they say, you know what, we're downsizing. We're not going to need your job anymore. There are those kinds of transitions when the doctor calls you and they say, I need you to come in so we can discuss the results of that test. Unexpected changes aren't easy for us to handle. But the book of Joshua, it's a book that's fast-paced. It deals with change. Everything about it has to do with change. 
And see, when it came to Joshua, he had only known two leaders in his life. He had known Pharaoh and he had known Moses. The truth was that he was probably born into bondage in Egypt. He was appointed not because God ran out of choices. I need to say that to someone specifically. You were not chosen by God because he ran out of other people to choose. He chose you. He chose you. The plan that he has, it's not without responsibility. But see, God appointed you. God ordained you. He appointed you to do great things. When it came to the ordaining, oh my gosh, you think of that. Paul Miller, he ordained you. When I got my ordination papers, do you know whose name was on it? Well, don't guess, because that would be awkward. It was my name on it. When God ordains, it's for you. It's specific. See, he doesn't waste a minute. When he speaks something into existence, it's then. When he speaks plans into existence, it's then. When he conveys the plans to you, he does not waste any time. When God gives a calling, the devil's going to try to fill the room with noise. Oh, he's going to want to turn up the radio. He's going to want to get it going. He's wanting you to say, how can I live up to the example set by whomever. He's going to do that. He's going to use comparison, and he's going to say, look at you. Who are you to think that you can do something for God? Everyone was wondering, why would God choose Joshua? Why? Well, because he's in the promotion business. That's what he's about. And so where you are now, God has a plan of promotion. And see, during this plan of promotion, you may attend what is called the School of Hard Knocks. Let me apologize right now if you're sitting in this room and on your Facebook page, if that's what you have under education. Some people do that. But have you ever noticed with the School of Hard Knocks how for many Christians it becomes something used more by the devil than by God? Yeah, I said that. Have you ever noticed that the school of hard knocks can be the thing that we can use to put up personal walls? Have you ever noticed that the school of hard knocks is something that we can use for insecurity, push people away? Have you ever noticed that we can fight growth because we can say it's what, you know, I went through the school of hard knocks. What if the school of hard knocks was actually the training place that God has had you in because he said before promotion, this is the class I need you to take. And what he says right here, what I love in these verses, he says to Joshua, arise. Following a Lazarus message, when God says arise, when God says get up, when God says come forth, see Joshua had spent a lot of time at Moses' side. In the Bible, it says he was his assistant. And what we need to understand is during the times that we're about to get promoted, do you know what your knee-jerk reaction is going to be? It's going to be to put your foot on the brake pedal. We don't want to go forward sometimes. It's what we do. Spiritual maturity will happen in this way, though. It will be the awareness that you are in the hallway and you're okay. I'm in the hallway, and I'm okay. God's going to open a door, and I'm okay. And I'm going to serve him right now, and it's okay. 
Be faithful. Whoever the Joshua's are in this room, be faithful now in the things that he's put before you. Because see, it says in the word here, unto the land which I do give them. You're going to lead into a land which I do give. Now, for someone who's done weddings, up here on this stage sometimes, and Pastor Nip can attest to this, a lot of times grooms are more worried about not passing out than their volume, right? And so when you do the vows, you go through, and they're like, I do. Because, like, they have no voice, and I'm about to pass out, I'm seeing spots. The wording, the land I do give to them, is an oath in the Bible. God has made an oath. In other words, God's not saying it quietly. He's saying, I'm going to do this. And so when the devil steps up and he's like, who's going to stand up for this person? And God's like, I do. So who would even entrust this person with a plan? God's like, I do. It's an oath that he's not going to break even to the children of Israel, it says in the Bible. You know, the first thing I thought of when I saw that, I thought when I was young and Publishers Clearinghouse commercials would be on, and like, it's very specific. Like here, oh, Camille Himmelberg, she got her a check. When God has something specific for you, it has your name on it, right? And when he walks up to hand it to you sometimes, it may not feel like a three-by-five check, but I guarantee that it has your name on it. In the message, I love how it says, I'm going to give you every square inch of the land that you set your foot on. Every square inch. So when we say as Christians, be careful little feet where you go, it's because you will succeed by walking into the places where he has appointed that's why I need his constant direction. That's why I need to be in touch all the time with him. See, I will win the fight if I stick to the fights that my manager has scheduled for me. I don't know if any of you have ever been in boxing, but that's a good way to go about it. Because if you just try to pick a fight with anyone, you may not win every fight that you go into. Not all fights are mine to fight. And see, we spend so much time in training, and I was thinking this, that some of the greatest soldiers spent more time in training than they did in foxholes. And it doesn't feel good when there's a warrior inside of you and you want to do something and you feel like the training, the training, but sometimes maybe the training is the fight. And I think about things with God, like you think about David when he released that rock from the sling. How long did it take that rock to get from the sling to Goliath's forehead? A flash in eternity, but it was a flash point in eternity. And so the fights that you come up against are going to send a ripple effect in the spiritual. Step into them with confidence. Because if you're a Joshua, you may not become Joshua overnight. Years might pave the path for the moments, but be willing to step into those times. How are you following right now, Joshua? How are you following? Are you kicking against God? Are you saying, Lord, I know you've got this. Lord, I know you've got this. I love in these verses how it said, go over this Jordan. Oh, man. It's weird because there was only one Jordan that I know of. 
And it's strange sometimes as Christians how we can find comfort in the boundaries. Sometimes when your back's against the wall, the wall can feel strangely comforting. But the truth is that we were made to fight. We were made to go forward. It says go over this Jordan, you and all these people. Because, see, you're going to come to several Jordans in your lifetime. And you're going to have to look back and you're going to say, but God brought me over that one. And that one. And that one. So I know he's got this one. I know he's got this. We can get into this Amazon Prime mindset as Christians. I can literally think of the craziest thing in the world and try to type it on a keyboard and I can have it on my doorstep in two days. Don't think the devil hasn't looked at their marketing strategy and tried to put it out to Christians like this. Get the craziest thought in your head, get the craziest thought, and believe it, and in two days or so, it can become a reality. Walk away. Go for those good things. Like, the devil is using that same strategy, and he is laughing his cartoon pointed tail off at you and me as we chase those things. See? See God like that. See God is something, if it doesn't work out for you, just order something else. See God in a way that you don't really need him. That's how the devil is going to whisper. That's how he's going to try to get in your head. I always think, we just went to Disney not long ago. I hate spinny rides. I cannot emphasize that enough. I do not like spinny rides. I turn this olive color. It ruins the rest of the day for me. The Mad Hatter's teacups. There are people who will stand in line to ride this, right? I don't get that. And here's the thing. I'm standing right back here a couple weeks ago with someone that I had met one time in my life who had walked up at a restaurant, and we'd gotten to know them. As they're eating their dinner, they walk over, and they said, I just can't keep eating. God wanted me to share a word with your son. And Liam's eyes were like that, <laughs> ping pong balls. And this lady dropped God knowledge in a way that, like, just the hair on your arm was standing up. It was the Holy Spirit. I was standing right back here a couple weeks ago with her. She visited and she said something to me, and it stuck. For every one of you that may feel the way I feel in the teacups, maybe you're on the potter's wheel. And when you're on the potter's wheel, as dizzy as you may seem, there's no time in your existence that the potter's hands are as close as they are on the potter's wheel. I'm standing there, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, she could write a book with everything she says. So I need to say to you today, if you feel like you don't know what's going on, his hands are around you. As he shapes, you are in his grasp in a way that you have never been before. Rest in that. Enjoy the ride, Alice. Whatever it takes for you in this spiritual moment to tap into what God has, do that. 
You need to walk in authority and you need to walk in love because that's who he's made you to be. As you go through the days, the weeks, and months of this year, know that there are going to be times that God's going to be like that parent. And if you have children, sometimes they don't listen the first time you tell them things. Maybe yours do. But there are times as a parent that you've got to yell out, stop. That car's not going to stop. Stop. You've done it. And what's your kid's initial reaction? You're embarrassing me. Get away from me. You're the worst parent ever. I'm like, yeah, because I didn't let you get run over. I'm the worst parent ever. And there are times when your kids will say that. Why are you embarrassing me, Mom? Why are you embarrassing me, Dad? And there's times as Christians when God has had to raise it up a little bit, and we've been like, why are you embarrassing me, Abba? Why are you embarrassing me in this moment? And he's not doing it to embarrass you. He's doing it because he's looking out for you. Because rivers were made to cross, and the fight is waiting on the other side, and the heritage that you're going to lay claim to is going to be something that's going to be passed down through generations. It's taking ownership of something specifically to pass down. It's standing in the gap in a way that you may not have before. It's understanding that this walk is a need-to-know mission, that I'm not going to get everything a week in advance, but I need to march when he tells me to march. Get in the habit of trusting and obeying now. Because, see, he is appointing you to lead a group. He is appointing you to lead those around you in your work, in your family. He's doing that because he knows what you're capable of. Get into that habit now. Going to close in a minute. Remember when I talked about the school of hard knocks? In the Bible, the verse says, be strong and of good courage. Verse 6 in there. Do you know what be strong really means? It means to grow strong. So while you're going through it, you may not feel like you've gotten this dose of strength to face the situation. But God's saying, I'm with you, and you're growing strong right now. It may not feel good. I don't know how many of you have ever suffered day after leg day. It can feel like that. It really can. When you cry, you cry at the thought of restrooms or stairs. In a spiritual sense, it's not going to feel good when you go through some of the training, but there is purpose in it. When it says, be strong and courageous, the meaning of that word courageous, when you look at it, it means to get stout. And the picture in my head was of Mike Tyson, when Mike Tyson was Mike Tyson back in the 90s. And when Mike Tyson got down, like, people could not hit him. I mean, he was just, he was back and forth. And Mike Tyson would win. And what I love in a spiritual sense is this. When God's people are challenged, do the Tyson, and when that happens understand people used to get so mad because they would get pay-per-view of the Tyson fights and it'd be like 37 seconds and that's what I love because I feel like the devil starts problems and then he backs up to get the club seats to watch it unfold right and I just can see the devil like getting his popcorn getting his chips like wait till you see what happens to this guy and like 37 seconds later devil's like 
God wins? Again? Again? Like, I spent $57 on that pay-per-view. Imagine when he says, I will not fail you, I will not forsake you, if we understood the fact that God is not pulling back. So you don't pull back. Let me repeat it. He's not pulling back. Why we walk in a way like we know God's all-powerful, but in some way we don't know if that authority applies to us as his children, stop with that and go forward. When it says in the Bible, it defines the boundaries of how far they'll go. It's my last thing here. It's really talking about the fact that things that they used to see as boundaries, right? Where they were, they may have thought it's a place of safety. Like for people to get to us, they'd have to cross that river. I think of it differently. Famous scene. Give me the famous scene, Chris Miller. So as Mufasa who, let me add, Simba has just disobeyed. So he's just gotten a talking to. So a God that can correct, a father that can correct, can also impart to you wisdom like everything that the light touches is your kingdom. That would preach in itself. There are places that you need to take your light. There are places that you need to shine your light. There are places that you may think are off limits to you. And here's the thing. Those rivers that you used to see as the things keeping you safe are going to be the things that when the enemy walks upon those things that they're going to have to question. They're going to be like, do we really want to go there? Do we really want to go after them there? Because I'm telling you, God has a way of making his people walk on dry land and he has a way of making the river or the sea a little bit different for the enemies. And so what I'm saying this morning is this. Stop doubting who you are in Christ. Stop doubting what he's spoken to you. Stop doubting that these things that you feel like you've been penned in by so long, they can't change. Oh, they will change. They will change in an instant. And sometimes you got to get your Simba faith on. Sometimes you got to get your Simba faith, and you just got to be like, you know what? I have no clue what you're talking about right now, Dad, but I'm going to go. I don't know how this plays out, Dad, but I'm going to go. Abba, I don't know what you got in mind, but I trust you. We're going to end in a second. After we do, Dina's going to come up. They've got a couple things they need to discuss here. Suppose we need to do offering as well. Boy, I turned it on its head today. <laughs> but we're going to pray. And specifically, I'm going to pray this. For those of you in this room who know God has something, but you're scared to death to step into it, step. For those of you who have gotten stung in the past by doing what you thought was right or for God, step. Big things are ahead. Big things with your name on it. Let's pray. 
Lord, right now, I just pray a release of your confidence, of your courage. Because see, God, in ourselves, we have none of that. And God, I pray right now that you would whisper to the heart of every person in here. And you would say, we've got this. Lord, I pray that you would show them the boundaries that you're going to take them across. I pray, God, that you would, in each and every heart, whisper the confidence that they need for this day and these steps, because that's who you are. In Jesus' name, I speak it. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen.